De'Aaron Fox goes off for 44 points in Dallas. And the Sacramento Kings waste the effort. For the second straight game, they blew a 19-point lead. But unlike San Antonio, the Kings actually lost this game against the Mavericks, who are without Luka Doncic. But honestly, was this the best case scenario for the Kings? I'll explain that. Plus, why De'Aaron Fox is so different since the Tyrese Halliburton trade. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. <laughs> You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, now with ABC 10 News here in Sacramento. And I apologize for this post-game episode of, of Locked On Kings after the Kings-Dallas game coming over 24 hours later, unfortunately got a little caught up after the game yesterday, uh, but lots to react to with this game, obviously. And truth be told, I sound a lot more energetic and positive than maybe you'd expect after the Kings blow a 19-point lead and lose. But even yesterday, I found myself not that upset with the Kings falling. I, now, of course, would I have preferred the Kings to win myself personally? Absolutely. However, like I'll explain in the next segment, this might have been the best case scenario, exactly how this game played out because of the play of De'Aaron Fox, a 44 point, I believe tying his career high effort and De'Aaron reminded all of us, every single one of us, not just the national media who has been praising the, the Pacers and praising Tyrese Halliburton and saying the Kings were fools for picking Fox over Tyrese and, and trading for DeMontis Sabonis, not just those people. Not just the people who have basically said that that Fox is, is washed and he's not that guy. Us as Kings fans, myself, he has reminded me that he is a star. He's reminded me that the guy that we were hoping that he was, the guy he is capable of being, the max contract guy that the Kings have believed in and have chosen over Tyrese Halliburton at the trade deadline, that guy exists. And just because he got off to a slow start to the season doesn't mean that that guy doesn't exist. Now, there are, of course, still questions around De'Aaron Fox, his ability as a leader, his ability to be a number one guy on a really good team. Those questions haven't been answered. But what has been re-answered to me is that De'Aaron Fox is capable of being a star and capable of being unguardable at the NBA level. He was unguardable. And like we're going to talk about in this podcast today too, Fox has faced a lot of criticism from myself, from a lot of people because of the slow start that he got off to this season, because he did not gel with Tyrese Halliburton to the way or to the level that we hoped, right? But if you look at Fox's numbers, and we might as well just go through these right now. If you look through Fox's numbers, month upon month upon month, as this season has gone on, it's not just since Tyrese was traded. Every single month, 
De'Aaron has improved since the start of the season. In October, gets off to a rough start, uh, averaging 18.5 points per game, well below uh, what the Kings expected, shooting uh, just 37% from the field, 17% from three-point range, also averaging uh, around six assists per game. Next month, November, scoring goes up to 20.7 a game. Better, still not where we would expect it. His shooting percentage up to 45%. His three-point percentage up to 31%. December, his scoring at 20.5 points per game. So not the best, but a little bit better. Uh, and then his shooting per percentages up to 47% from the field, up to, uh, or back down, I, I'm sorry, to 21.9% from three-point range. Then you get to January, 23.7 points per game. Scoring average is still going up. Shooting percentage at 50%. Three-point percentage still in the 20s, not good. Uh, free throw percentage also going up at 76%. In February, and of course it was mid-February when Tyrese Halliburton was traded, Fox's numbers up to 27 points per game. Shooting 50.6% from the field, 35% from three-point range. Also averaging 6.1 assists per game, 77% from the free throw line. Then you get to this month, which of course has only been three games. But over these three games in March, Fox is averaging 31.7 points per game. Is shooting 53% from the field, 40% from three-point range. He has improved some of the numbers. I mean, not across the board, like we saw dips at times in his three-point shooting percentage, but in terms of scoring, improved every single month. He's gotten better every single month, and now he's gotten back to the guy that we expect him to be. And what was different in that Dallas game in particular? I'm going to share with you also what's different since the Tyrese Halliburton trade, why I believe Fox looks re-energized, why he has re-bought in, and it's really simple. It's really simple and also from less from a like statistical basketball standpoint, but from a, a, a pure like human standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to get to that in just a second. But in this Dallas game, what did we see different for De'Aaron Fox? To me, I've seen, I saw what I've started to see over the last couple of games, but it was, it was like tenfold in this Dallas game. Fox was back to doing what he was doing a lot last season, which was gliding and smoothly working his way to a 20-plus point performance. And even though the Kings lost this game, even though they lost by one point and Fox missed a crucial free throw at the end of the game, I cannot blame De'Aaron for this loss at all. To me, these are two separate things completely. The Kings blew a 19-point lead. The Kings lost to the Dallas Mavericks who were missing their above and beyond best player. That's one part of the story. The other part of the story is the game that De'Aaron Fox had. I can obviously connect the two, but I don't think it's necessary to. There are a lot of things that you can criticize from this game that are significantly more important than criticizing De'Aaron Fox for missing a free throw or maybe at times poor decision making. De'Aaron had a fantastic game. On offense, it was easy. He was unguardable. He was picking his spots. He was hitting from mid-range. He was getting to the rim, finishing in traffic. Poor guy still can't buy a foul call, but he's doing his best. It's his fourth 40-point game, 40-plus point game of his career. His 12th straight 20-plus point game. De'Aaron Fox is back. And in this game in particular, he reminded us all that he is a star, that he is that guy here in Sacramento. Of course, the pressure is not going to ease now that he's had one good game. And really, the pressure 
for the remainder of the season is going to pale in comparison to what the pressure is going to be next year. If he thought that the criticism was heavy on his shoulders at the start of this season, now that DeMontis Sabonis is here, assuming Fox and Sabonis are still together to start next season, which I would be shocked if that wasn't the case, assuming the Kings do more to improve this roster come next season, like it's going to be brutal towards Fox if he has the same slow start to the season and the Kings struggle the same way next season as they have this season. But let's not worry about that right now. Because in order to have confidence about next season, we needed to see what we saw from De'Aaron Fox against the Dallas Mavericks. We've needed to see the steady growth, the steady success. And while we would have loved to have seen him get more help, the Kings as a team could have looked a lot better in their loss in Dallas. Fox looked like a superstar who nearly dragged that team to a victory by himself. Bet his shoulders and his back were hurting after that game for carrying the weight of the Sacramento Kings. And I know that in Fox's best games this season, the Kings don't have the best record. I think I retweeted someone saying that for the most part, the Kings were pretty bad during the stretch uh, that, that Fox has played really well. Here we go. The Kings are two and seven when he gets 30 or more points this season. That's not great, of course. But you have to look at each one of those games separately. And like I said, I can't blame De'Aaron Fox in the slightest for the game that he had against the Mavericks, even if the Kings did lose. So what is different? Why is De'Aaron back to being this star who's capable of scoring 20 points a night easily, who can put up 30 points, who can put up 40 points, who can't be guarded? What is it about De'Aaron Fox now that he couldn't be successful and couldn't do while Tyrese Halliburton was here. And we've discussed this before. And a lot of it does have to do with the fact that he no longer really has to share the ball. However, the ball is being run a lot through DeMontis Sabonis. So it's not like Fox has free reign and the ball is only in his hands 100% of the time. Fox isn't out there playing like James Harden. Fox moves the ball. He still plays off the ball more. To me... The biggest difference that I see, and again, this has more to do with like a, this is more understandable from like a human frustration level than from like a, if you take the emotion out of basketball and you see a player, you see their numbers, you see the amount of money they make, you will probably go with the mindset of a player needs to get over this. This doesn't matter. But in reality, these are human beings. And De'Aaron Fox has watched over the last two off seasons, a general manager draft two guards. He has seen the frustration that fans have seen. He echoed, or at least I believe he echoes the frustration that fans have felt that Monty McNair wasted an off season, that he wasn't doing anything, that this Kings team wasn't getting better. Meanwhile, Fox is entering his prime. De'Aaron Fox enters this season, comes into training camp. The biggest move that the Kings made during the off season is drafting another guard. Now, we were all excited about Davion Mitchell and the potential of a three-guard lineup, but at the same time, too, Fox is looking for a front-court partner or a wing partner that is on his level that he's never had before. Someone that compliments him, not takes the ball out of his hands. And we thought that Tyrese and Fox could compliment each other. Maybe they could have down the road. Short-term, it wasn't working. 
So I imagine De'Aaron Fox was pretty frustrated and pretty deflated. And what did Monty McNair go and do? Now, I know Fox was brought up in conversations, and I, I don't know how he feels about that. But ultimately, Monty McNair went out and got Fox a two-time All-Star. Got Fox a front court partner help that he has never had in his career here in Sacramento. And in doing so, recommitted to Fox as the guy here and said, you plus Sabonis are our future. We believe you can win. We're so confident in it that we're trading away our star young player that has all the potential in the world that we have a bargain of a contract for now and we have complete control over for the next five to seven years. They put their faith in De'Aaron Fox. And not just with words, not just with money, they went out and got him a partner. I would be rejuvenated too. Hell, we saw it right away against the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? The embrace between Fox and Sabonis. De'Aaron has been waiting for a player like DeMontis Sabonis. So why is De'Aaron playing much better? Why does he look so much more comfortable? Why is he back to being himself? Because he has a reason to be. I think he believes again in what this team is doing. And I don't blame him for not 100% believing in what the team was doing before, especially when we saw Tyrese Halliburton on a nightly basis slowly taking the keys from De'Aaron and making this Tyrese's team. And again, this is not an anti-Tyrese take at all because Tyrese was outplaying De'Aaron Fox. And I think the Pacers are going to be just fine with Tyrese as their main guy. Tyrese was not holding Fox back. It just didn't work. Fox didn't need another primary ball handler to be his support or to be his number two. Fox needed an all-star caliber big and he got it. And that's what he's been wanting. He got what he wanted. And there's a big difference between getting what you wanted as a spoiled brat player and getting what you wanted and needed for you to be successful, for you to feel like the team is moving in the right direction. I don't think Fox was being a spoiled brat. Even if people are frustrated with Fox theoretically choosing not to play in a handful of games before Tyrese was traded. He's playing now. He's bought in. He's rejuvenated clearly. And he showed us against the Dallas Mavericks that this is his team, that he is capable of being that star and gave us all reason to believe that he's capable of being that guy, gave us all optimism that he truly is that max player that the Kings believe him to be, and that next season, with Fox playing at that level, with DeMontis Abonis playing at the level that we expect, and with a bit of an upgraded roster, this Kings team is a playoff team. And still the Kings lost. And still the Kings blew a 19-point lead. But... Was that how the game ended? How the game went? Was that the best case scenario? I'll explain a little bit more. We'll talk about it because some people might believe so. Some people were actually celebrating how this game ended and how this game went overall. We'll talk about that coming up next after I tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam. Both pro and college hoops going on right now from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where your next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. And it's not just basketball, of course. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. They remain the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Ben Online, where the game starts. I'm never going to celebrate a loss. 
no matter if it helps the Kings in their draft lottery standings, if it secures a number one overall pick, you're not ever going to find me personally celebrating a Kings loss. However, I do recognize best case scenarios. I do recognize how there can be positives to take away from a loss. And in reality, while I'm not, like I've done all season, not trying to spin this as a silver lining or moral victory by any means, what the Kings got in this loss to the Dallas Mavericks is a reminder that De'Aaron is their guy and they lost the game giving themselves better draft lottery outs or at least keeping that spot that sixth spot they're currently at right now. I honestly, truly think, even as someone who does believe that it is valuable for the Kings to win games for the remainder of the season, I would not have been upset at all if the Kings had found a way to close out that game. I truly believe that all things considered, how the Dallas game ended up was probably the best case scenario for the Kings. You got Fox shining, and you lost the game. Now, you could counter and turn it around on me and say, well, Matt, wouldn't it have been better for DeMontis Sabonis to have a better game or for the Kings supporting cast to have a better game? Because in reality, it was Fox by himself. Offensively, outside of De'Aaron Fox, the Kings pretty much were a disaster. Of course, that could have been better. But had that have been better, the Kings would have won this game running away. So, you can choose for the team overall offensively to look and play better and win or you can choose for De'Aaron to have the night that he has. Remind us all that he is that guy and for the Kings to lose and look at the draft lottery odds perspective. That's where the debate is. Which one is the better case scenario? I'm happy with both, truth be told. That's why I'm not mad at this loss. Now, are there things that I'm concerned about? Absolutely. I'm concerned that the Sacramento Kings blew two 19-point leads in a row. They blew one in San Antonio, found a way to close out that game. Blue one in Dallas nearly found a way to close out that game, but ultimately were beaten by a Mavericks team. And on top of that, they were beaten by the Mavericks who were without Luka Doncic, which isn't surprising to anybody this season. Isn't surprising to any Kings fan who's been watching Kings basketball in recent memory because the Kings seem to always lose against a team that is shorthanded, missing their best players. There are definite reasons why it would have been better for the Kings for them to win this game. It it would have been awesome to see Fox have the game that he had and see DeMontis Sabonis have a great game as well. And all things considered, while Sabonis got another double-double, no surprise there, it was another one of those, okay, fine, but not as good as it could be double-doubles. Not as good as you'd expect from a player of Sabonis' status, especially with his importance to the Kings. But at the same time, he still scored 15 points, had 10 rebounds, also dished out six assists, shot seven of 10 from the field. Well, first off, I need Sabonis shooting more than 10 shots a game. De'Aaron Fox took 31, so Sabonis can take more than 10. I also need Harrison Barnes, who only scored nine points, to shoot more than eight times. Trey Lyles, I thought, had a pretty decent game. He only shot eight times. Justin Holiday shot too much again, four of 12 from the field, nine points. Off the bench, Dante DiVincenzo, until the end, I thought had a really solid game, not just scoring. He had 10 points, uh, three of six from three-point range. He had eight rebounds. His his aggression on the glass, his significance on the glass, especially with how bad the Kings have been as a rebounding team in recent memory, having a guard that rebounds as well as 
Dante DiVincenzo does. Like, I was really pleased with that. But yes, of course, De'Aaron Fox needs more help. Of course, we would have liked to see other players play better, especially players that we expect to be a part of this team going forward. We expect DeMontis Sabonis to be here with De'Aaron Fox, so we want to see him play better when Fox is having a game like this. We expect Harrison Barnes to be around, although that could be iffy. We expect Davion Mitchell and Dante DiVincenzo to be around next season, although again, that could be iffy. You can tell me if you think that that was the best case scenario, if or if it would have been the best case scenario for the Kings to win this game because Fox had the night that he had with more support from those important pieces that we believe are going to be around long-term, I would listen to that argument every day of the week and half of me truly split right down the middle would agree with you. But the other half that recognizes that the Kings are a heavy, heavy, or they're not a favorite by any means. The ma- Making the play-in at this point is, is going to take a lot of luck versus securing better draft lottery odds like we've talked about in past podcasts may be the better play. Recognizing that, plus seeing the night that Fox had, being treated to a good game that was decided by one point on the road, it's really, overall, it's difficult for me to, it's difficult for me to find negatives and a reason to be frustrated. The Kings absolutely, 100%, should have won that game. They should have. They were up 15, or sorry, 19 on the Mavericks without Luka Doncic with their star scoring 44 points. The Kings should absolutely have won that game, but they didn't, and it's not that bad. I think that's where I'm at. And I think if I had heard myself say that a month ago, I would have wanted to throw a brick at my head, but that's where the Kings are at at this point in time, or at least that's where I'm at. That's how I feel. Maybe I'm on an island. Maybe you agree. Let me know. At Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me, Sports at gmail.com. But thankfully, this road trip is over. We'll look at uh, the Kings' schedule briefly, find out what's next, because the schedule gets really tough from here on out. Also, a peek at the updated standings. Not great for the Kings. We'll look at their draft lottery odds as well, and maybe do a tankathon spin just for the hell of it. That's all coming up here before we wrap up. But after I tell you about Built Bars, protein bars are important for a daily diet. They're important to help you uh, put on that muscle mass if you're looking to do that. Just eat better overall. But look, we would all rather eat a candy bar than a protein bar. We would all rather eat a sweet than something that's healthy for you that just doesn't taste as good, right? Let's let's all admit it. Even if we're not the biggest fans of certain candy bars, we all prefer the sweet and the delicious treats that are bad for us over those healthy supplement, good for your body things that just are on the same level taste-wise. Until Built Bar came around. Because Built Bar is a perfect blend of both worlds. Very, very healthy, delicious, covered in 100% chocolate, in my opinion, better than most candy bars out there. And even has my wife's seal of approval, and she's a munchie when it comes to like crunch bars and and, uh, Butterfingers and things like that. She likes Built Bars just as much, and some Built Bar flavors more than the candy bars that she enjoys. Built Bars, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a 240 calorie, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs on average uh, candy bar. I mean, it, it speaks for itself. 
right? And protein bars, they have so many great uses in addition to so many wonderful flavors for you to try out right now. Go to built.com. If you order a mixed box, they'll send you a bunch of different bars for you to try. If you know what bars you like, like I love the mint brownie bars, uh, you can build your own box there. They're always coming out with new flavors, a ton of new products. Whatever you order on built.com, make sure you use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off. Again, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. It wasn't the smoothest of road trips for your Sacramento Kings. Five-game trip going two and three, including some pretty big losses. The big disappointing one being to the New Orleans uh, Pelicans uh, a couple of games ago. However, all things considered, with the results that we got, especially with all the mechanical failures and the travel issues that the Kings had during this trip as well, I know they're happy to be home. And it could have been a lot worse on this road trip. Now that the road trip is over, though, it can be a lot worse with these upcoming games. The Kings have a two-game homestand against the Knicks and the Nuggets this week uh, before this next weekend, heading to Utah to take on the Jazz, and then they return home for the most brutal homestand of the season against the Bulls, Bucks, Celtics, and Suns. So it's going to be tough to see the Kings get through this stretch of eight or so games with anything close to a 500 record during that stretch. If they're able to, that's a major win. Although there are very good, there's a very good chance that the Kings might move up a place, uh, at least one spot in their uh, their draft lottery tankathon standings. As of right now, if we're looking at the uh, Western Conference standings and their chance for the play-in, the Kings are currently five games back. I'm sorry, four and a half games back. At, at the time of this recording, they're four and a half games back of the New Orleans Pelicans in the 10th and final play in spot. That is a lot to make up over, I think, 17 games that the Kings have left. So most people have their eyes on the draft lottery. And at this point in time, the Kings are in the sixth spot. They're a game ahead of San Antonio, uh, who has the best odds for the seventh overall pick. Uh, in the sixth spot, the Kings have a 37.2% chance at top four, 9% chance at number one overall. They're two games back of the Indiana Pacers, who are 22 and 44 on the season, who have the best odds at the fifth pick. And there are three games back of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have the best odds at the fourth pick. The, uh, the, Pistons, Rockets, and Magic, I think, have the top three relatively secured. Uh, and, of course, all top three picks have the best odds, 14% uh, at number one overall. So why don't we do a tankathon draft lottery sim here? Because, honestly, that's probably where the Kings are going to get their major win for the remainder of this season. Of course, I will continue to hope that the Kings can find a way to win games, that the Kings can, can uh, build on performances like we've seen from De'Aaron Fox, maybe get a little more help from DeMontis Sabonis. If the Kings find a way to still make things interesting, even if it drops them a spot in the draft lottery uh, and they find a way to win games and be in the race to the very end of the season, I'm not going to complain about that too much. Now, what I will complain about is this draft lottery sim who has the Houston Rockets getting the number one overall pick, the Indiana Pacers moving up a couple spots to number three, the New Orleans Pelicans getting the fourth pick, which is actually the Lakers pick, moving all the way up to number four, seven spots up, and the Kings dropping one spot down to the seventh overall pick. This is why I don't do Tankathon lottery scans or uh, sims. They never go well for me. Thankfully, I'm not going to be the one actually representing the Kings uh, at, the at the draft lottery. That would be suicide by the Kings at this point in time. But I want to hear your thoughts on what we talked about today. Was this loss to the Mavericks with Fox's big game and the team losing, 
even blowing a 19 point lead, was this in your mind, the best case scenario? Or would you have preferred Fox and the Kings be victorious with a little more help from Sabonis, Barnes, uh, DiVincenzo, uh, Mitchell, and the other supporting cast that we believe is going to be around long-term? Where are you at with that? Let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Also, let me know what you're thinking about De'Aaron Fox right now. Like, are you still disappointed maybe? Are you still skeptical? You still don't 100% feel as confident in Fox as maybe you did before the season started? Where are you at with De'Aaron Fox? Let me though uh, know that as well. Kings back in action, thankfully back home tomorrow night following that game. The plan is to actually have a post-game pod on the night of the game itself. Again, I apologize uh, for not having that for you uh, here sooner. It's good for the Kings to be back home. I'm going to try and be making my way uh, out to a, uh, a Kings game in the goal once. And it's been a while since I've gone. So I'm looking forward to try and get out to a, a game or two uh, before I'll let you know which games I go to in case you're going as well. would love to meet uh, meet up and say hi. Also, the event at the Arco Arena, saying goodbye to Arco Arena, is coming up here pretty soon. Uh, and that is an event that I'm definitely going to be at because I love that building. I am still going to be doing a podcast in the future dedicated to telling stories of just my experiences uh, in Arco Arena. And I would love for you to send me your stories, your Arco Arena memories, uh, if you uh, can and would like to as well. So I appreciate all your support. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for your patience in getting this uh, this episode out. Uh, and I look forward to having you join me for the next one. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.